Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Awesome. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. For those of you who don't know me, I am the lead pastor. I want to thank everybody that is watching us online right now. Thank you so much for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. All right. We are in a series called Victory, and we are going to continue this series for a long time. I just want to prepare you for that, okay? You're going to hear victory a lot over the next month or so. Um, before we get into it this morning, I got a couple of things I want to talk about, a couple of things where I want to direct you uh, after service. The first thing I want to talk about is uh, Pastor Mike's message last week, uncomplicated discipleship, really stirred up a lot of things. We had great discussion. Uh, this Thursday in our life groups, and, and man, it was an awesome time. Just really uncomplicate discipleship, right? And so one of the ways that we do that here at Passionate Life Church is we have something called family time, and we have resources uh, in the Welcome Center. If you can go to the Welcome Center, if you're interested in, in discipling uh, your family and you want resources to help you do that, we have that. We have about, uh, I think about 40 families that are involved in family time currently. Uh, we have resources resources that help you do a lesson once a week just to connect with your family. You got to start somewhere, okay? You got to start somewhere. And so I want to encourage you, go get those resources. They're free to you. Uh, we want to help you on this journey. Cam and Katrina, our next gen, uh, our next gen directors, they lead that. And so they, they, uh, they will communicate. They, do, they have a group um, that meets quarterly. That They just kind of have support of what's going well and what's not going well, um, you know, because that happens with family. So uh, I just want to encourage you, man, go to the Welcome Center. Get those resources. We have resources to uncomplicate family discipleship, okay? Amen? Okay. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about, one of the things that has stirred up in our church, and whenever that happens, I always mention it, uh, is that we need something uh, during the week uh, for Celebrate Recovery, okay? Right now, we have something Sundays during second service. Uh, the Cunninghams lead it. Also, Ricky's part of that uh, free to be, and that happens during second service. Uh, they meet upstairs, and, and it's a breaking free of addiction uh, uh, class group, and, and it's really amazing. But the need has come up that we need something during the week um, when it comes to addiction and recovery and, and all of those types of things. And so this is what I'm asking. If you are interested in that group, go to the Welcome Center. Uh, but if you're interested in leading that group, okay, we're, we're trying to build a team to lead that group during the week. If you could go to the Welcome Center and just sign up, we would love, Matt Brown, our, our life group director, would love to have a conversation with you about that and what that looks like and scheduling and all that. We just need some people that are passionate, that want to lead it. Um, we're looking for one male and one female. We, we always want to balance that uh, when it comes to these types of groups. So, man, please, uh, I, I know the Holy Spirit's stirring up some of you to, to help lead that group. Um, it's so needed in our society, in our culture, and even in our churches. And so we would love to have that in this house on a weekly basis, okay? <clears throat> I got one more to go. Nope, two more to go. You're going to see a table in the lobby. It's got coffee out there. Um, what we're doing, a couple things. There, there's a couple things that's happening here. We're selling coffee once a month, one to help uh, our youth fundraise for uh, Christian camp this summer. We want to send them to Christian camp, those that can't afford it. We just want them to be saturated in a Christian environment with prayer and Bible time and, and messages. And so we know that that's going to uh, really 
take them to that next level. Some of them just need to just be satur- in that saturated environment, that Christian environment this summer. And so, uh, man, if you want to support our youth going to camp, you can uh, buy the coffee uh, or you can donate. If you just want to sponsor a kid, you can donate the money and then donate the coffee to your pastor. Come on, somebody. Because I'll take it. Um, it's really good coffee. The owners are actually Christians. And what they do is they give a portion of the proceeds to uh, missionaries in India. And so, man, we're just hitting lots of different levels there when you give uh, to buy coffee. So awesome for that. Uh, the almost last one is Heritage Girls. We're still looking to launch Heritage Girls uh, next semester. Heritage Girls is... Um, the girl version of trail life, um, biblical worldview. We feel like, man, moms and daughters should be discipling uh, one another, having a biblical worldview. We feel like it's really important uh, that our children are, are being discipled in that way. And so we need two more leaders uh, that will commit to, to being part of the leadership group of Heritage Girls. Um, I don't want to scare you with board member um, verbiage because I know that scares you. We just need people who are committed to be part of leadership and you do not have to have kids to be part of the leader, okay, leadership group, okay? You don't have to be, you don't have to have a daughter. Um, you can just have a heart for discipling young girls and you can be part. Go to the Welcome Center. Come on, I'm just sending you to the Welcome Center. Um, we would love to talk to you and get you signed up. Um, last one, and this is my own. Um, you saw the video for Embrace. Okay, you saw the video of Embrace. Okay, let me talk to the men in the room today. Okay, men, lead your wife to the Welcome Center after service if she has not signed up for Embrace. Come on. Tell her you're watching the kids that day. Come on, you can do it. You can do it for one Saturday. You can do it. Come on. You, your, your women are not going to want to miss this. I've, I'm just hearing all the things that are going on. Uh, the, the toughest decision you'll have that day is what breakout group to go to because they're both fire. Kelly and Shannon got great words that they're bringing. I know Didi's going to bring a great hard word. And, 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 and just something to just come and watch. Pastor Don and Pastor Lismer are going to be co-preaching together, okay? Come on. This is going to be the best embrace yet because they also have some things that are going to help you connect after embrace, okay? They've got devotionals coming. They've got a text group that they're going to start. It's going to be an awesome awesome opportunity, especially if you've been new, if you're newer to Passion Life Church, when I say newer, last six months, okay, and you haven't got really connected, this is a great opportunity to get connected to some amazing women that want to do life together, okay? All right, I think that's my last one, all right, last one, okay? Are you ready for the word today? Come on. All right, let's recap real quick, and then we will pray. Uh, Two weeks ago, I talked about how uh, things are changing, right? We're, we're in a new era of victory, a new dawn of victory we have stepped into uh, because of what Jesus did on the cross and what he did three days later by conquering the grave, right? And so we're now, the people were, were going from Tashua, and that word Tashua is uh, the Hebrew word for victory that we've been talking about, which means salvation and deliverance. And so we've been using that word Tashua, which means victory. They were in a place of Tashua is coming, and then they were Tashua is here, and now we're living in an era of Tashua is now in me. And so we're going to be talking about today how to live 
living in the new era of victory. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this moment. Holy Spirit, this is your moment. You've prepared this place. You've prepared us, Holy Spirit, to receive your eternal word. I thank you, God, that you got a word this morning for every single person that is in this room today. It is not by mistake that they're here and they're watching online, God, that you in this moment today have something that is life-changing for our spirit, for our hearts and our minds and our marriage and our family. God, have your way right now. We bind and rebuke the lies of the enemy out of our hearts and minds right now. In Jesus' name, Satan, you have no authority over our lives right now. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, we just pray protection right now over this environment, God, that it would be an environment that we can receive your word. Father, get me out of the way, none of me and all of you, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen Amen and amen. Victory is here. And we talked about, I talked about Tashua, right? Victory. Tashua is coming. The people were waiting for Tashua, waiting for victory. And then Jesus came. And then, then it was, hey, Tashua is here. And then now Tashua is in us. And we're going to be talking about what that means. What, what does that mean that, that Tashua can now be in us? Jesus said something that was very confusing to his disciples at the time, and I'm sure it would be confusing to you too if you were walking with Jesus every single day for three and a half years, and he would make this statement to his disciples all the time, hey, look, it's going to be better when I leave. No, Jesus, it, it, it won't be better. Like, like, how could it be better that you're gone? You're amazing. You're awesome. Like, I get to talk to you every single day, and then I get to watch you do miracles and, and, and heal people and bring people back from the dead. Like, how could it get any better than this? But this is what Jesus knew during this time is that he, okay, so He's fully God, right? And he's fully man. And so he was limited by his human body. Okay, now he's not limited because he's God, but he was limited by his human body because it was just, he was just one person, right? And then he would travel from region to region to region, but he's still one person. And he also made this statement to his disciples, which is probably very confusing. And he says, you will do greater works than me. You will do greater works than me. And, and this was very confusing to them because they didn't know how that, that was going to happen because Jesus is so amazing. One of the last instructions that Jesus gives his followers, he says, go to an upper room and wait for the Holy Spirit. That's one of his last instructions that he gives. So they go, right? They, they all go. It's about 120 people in this upper room, and they're waiting for the Holy Spirit. And it was in that moment when the Holy Spirit came with tongues of fire and filled them, and then began to speak in another language. It was in that moment they were like, okay, I understand why he said he had to go, because now I have received Tashua. Now, Tashua can live in me. Now I have real power. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. And so John talks about the role of the Spirit. John 14, 16, and 18. And whenever I read this passage, I always have to read it in the Amplified. Okay, I just love the way the Amplified describes this passage because it takes key words and, and, and 
scripture, uh, Greek words, and, and it expounds it, okay? And so the word that Jesus uses for the Holy Spirit is, is parakleos, okay? That's the Greek word that he uses, okay? So let's read it. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, to be with you forever. And so what Jesus is making this statement, they don't really understand, but this is the statement that Jesus is making. You are now transitioning from an old covenant to the new covenant. Because up to this point, the Holy Spirit could only come upon people. It had no permanent resonance in somebody. And we see this in the Old Testament where the Holy Spirit would come upon David and then when he messed up, it would leave, right? It came upon Moses, then it would leave. It was temporary experience to be in the Holy Spirit. But God is saying here, Jesus is saying here in this moment, man, now the Holy Spirit is going to be able to be in you and it's never going to leave. It's going to be with us forever. And this is why we can have victory forever, because now the Holy Spirit is in us. The Spirit of truth. I love that the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive and take it and take to its heart, because it does not see him or know him. But you know him, because He, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. Let's continue. And I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, bereaved, and helpless. I will come back to you. And I love this statement because this is what they felt. This is what the disciples felt for about three days, right? Right? between Jesus dying on the cross and, and raising from the, the grave, they felt comfortless, right? They felt bereaved. They felt helpless. Like, what do we do now? He's gone. And then three days later, Jesus shows up. He's like, I'm back, okay? And, and what the Holy Spirit does, it brings us in this, this, this spirit of truth, knowing that Jesus is going to come back for us again, right? That he's going to come back again for us. And so I love that Jesus is, look, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm not going to leave you comfortless or bereaved or helpless. No, no, no. I'm going to come back again. And not only does he come back again, he gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so not only are we in a new era of victory, we are in a new era of battling the enemy. Okay? This is a new era of battling the enemy. It's a new era of victory, okay? But it's also a new era of, of, of battling. And, and so much so, and, and, I, and I love this, is that we changed our calendar when Jesus died on the cross and rose again, right? We thought that it was so important, somebody did, that, hey, we need to change the calendar because it's a new era, and we started over, right? So we're living 2,023 years in a new era of victory. Now the Jews believe that we're in 5,783. That's the year that we're living in because they don't believe that Jesus was Messiah. But we do. It was so monumental of a moment, we decided to start our calendar over. Come on, church. 
Now we're living in this new era of victory, 2023 years, okay? And so John talks about this new battle that we're in and, and how the enemy has changed his strategy. First John 4, 3 through 5. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, and so that word prophet, John is talking about false teachers, but in the current era that we're living in today, pretty much a prophet is someone who speaks, right? Everybody speaks today, okay? We have social media. Every single person on the planet has a voice. If they want a voice, they talk to thousands, if not millions of people at any point in any time, okay? And so I believe now we're in an era where everyone is accountable for what comes out of their mouth. Not just people who claim to be teachers or prophets. I believe it's anybody who claims to be a Christian and talks out loud. Okay, like, like I feel like that you're, you're held accountable for what comes out of your mouth, just not people who think they're teachers or prophets. Okay, and so I would say this, but if anyone who claims to be a Christian openly and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. What's the truth about Jesus, okay? The truth about Jesus is that he was born of a virgin, okay? He lived here 30 years in a, in a pretty much, you know, raised in a uh, small village as a carpenter's son. And then for about three and a half years, he had a ministry. He lived a perfect life, a sinless life. He was tempted and he overcame every single temptation. And then they nailed him on a cross and he died for all of our sins on that cross. And then three days later, he came back from the grave and he, and he stole the power of sin and death from our lives so we don't have to fear it anymore. After 40 days, he, he ascended into heaven and then he gave us this gift of the Holy Spirit. That's the truth about you. Come on, that's, that's, that's your doctrine 101 in about one minute, Okay. And if there's any fractures in anything that I just said, John, not Pastor Andrew, John would have a problem with you. And he would say, look, if you don't hold true to the full truth of who Jesus is, because everything that he did was important and it was on purpose. And as followers of Jesus, we have to believe this, okay? The truth about Jesus if we don't, that person is not from God. Because listen, there is a popular thing that is happening with Christian leaders and they're like, well, I got to deconstruct my faith and I have to go on this journey where I unpack everything. And it's a lot of baloney, okay? It's just a lot of baloney, okay? And I'm not saying that we shouldn't seek to know the truth, but guys, the whole war has changed now and I'm going to get into a moment. And because Satan had never had to contend with the Holy Spirit before in this way. Where, because Jesus hadn't come to earth yet, right? He, had, he, has a, he wasn't here yet, right? And, and yes, we see him in the Old Testament in different stories and in different ways, but this, this was different. And so Satan had to recalibrate his plan. Let's, let's get into it. Okay, such a person has the spirit of Antichrist, Okay, we, we've never seen this before. We, we've never seen the spirit of Antichrist before up to this point. Why? Because there was never a Christ 
who died for our sins and removed the power of sin and death. Okay, up to this point. And so Satan has to recalibrate. He has to re-strategize. And his whole strategy is against Christ, is against Jesus, to get you to have a fraction, to fraction your faith in some way that you won't believe the truth about Jesus. Okay, so he says, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here, but you belong to God, my dear children. Okay, let, let, let's hold this for a moment. Okay, which you heard is coming into the world, the, the, the spirit of the Antichrist, and indeed is already here. Okay, so if you've been raised in a church and you, you've probably heard a message or you've watched a movie or read a book uh, about the Antichrist, okay, the, the soul person that is going to rise to power and people, everyone's going to love him and he's going to bring one world government and he's going to bring, you know, one world currency and he's just going to unite the whole world and, and the world's going to experience prosperity for a very short time. But really he's ushering in, uh, you know, he's really ushering in, you know, the return of Jesus and, and, and all of that. Right. And so um, this is not what he's talking about. He's not talking about the soul Antichrist. He's talking about the Antichrist spirit that is already here. He's talking about the Antichrist spirit that is here in culture and in the world that the whole goal, okay? Satan had to change his strategy. The whole goal of Satan is to attack the truth about Jesus because if he can get us to not believe in the full power of Jesus, then we can't have Tashua in us. We, we can't have the fullness of the Holy Spirit working through us. We've been, we're going to be talking about the, the armor of God. Listen, the armor of God does not work without the Holy Spirit active in our lives. And so we have this new enemy that, that, that sole purpose is to attack Jesus. Okay, let's continue. We belong to God, my dear children. Okay, let's continue. You have already won a victory over those people. Isn't that interesting? Now, Paul says that we don't fight against flesh and blood, right? We don't fight against flesh and blood, right? Our enemy is against principalities and powers of the air. It's against this antichrist spirit that, that Satan is using all across the globe, right? But he says, because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. And, 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 and knowing, listen, and knowing what spirit is behind the culture that we live in, John is hoping that we press into the spirit that lives in us because the, the culture of this world is going to get more bolder. It's going to get more in our face. It's going to, be, it's going to come with, with heavy persecution. Okay, Guys, we haven't seen anything here in America. Other places in the world, they do. They experience real persecution for their faith. We haven't seen that yet. And, and this is, John is speaking to, to, to the people that are going to experience a culture and a viewpoint that is anti-Christ. Okay, Antichrist. Okay, those people who belong to this world, so they speak from the world's viewpoint and the world listens to them. So what, 
What's the world's viewpoint? What's, what's the world's viewpoint? Okay? The world's viewpoint is this. The world's viewpoint is this. Anything that, that brings disbelief to this book. Okay? Because, and, and, and Christians are doing this today. And unfortunately, several months ago, I brought a stat up about how many Christians actually believe in, in, in a biblical worldview. And it's a very small percentage, and it's very sad. Guys, we cannot separate this book from Jesus. It is Jesus. John makes it clear the Word became flesh. And so you, you can't separate Jesus from this book. You can't be like, well, Jesus is cool, but the Bible is hateful. Jesus wrote the Bible. Okay, and, 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 and so we have to have a biblical world view. And, and, and it drives me nuts when pastors are like, you know, I just wish the, wish the Bible was more clear. Guys, it is so clear. It can't get any more clear. Just because it offends you and hurts your feelings doesn't mean that it's not clear. And it hurts my feelings. Okay, like that's the point of the book. To hurt your feelings. To get you on the right path. To get you moving towards the things of God. And the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. It's like, Andrew, you're better than that. Come on. Come on, get back on track. You're better than that. God's got more for your life. He doesn't, he doesn't bring condemnation. He doesn't bring guilt to the point where we stay in our guilty nature. Listen, we're all guilty of sin. The only person that was not guilty was nailed to a cross for our sins. So stop feeling guilty for your past. It's been washed clean. Let's go to James, James 4, 4 through 8. James is the half-brother of Jesus, and he brings it, okay? I just want to warn you, he brings it. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? Listen, we've got, okay, this is a hard one. Okay, I'm just going to read it. I'm going to let James say it. He says, I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think scriptures have no meaning? And, and, and we see professional athletes and, and, and we see um, famous music stars and, and, and actors and actresses and, and the award show and they get up to the mic and they're just like, I just want to thank God. And then the next thing out of their mouth is complete vulgarity and grossness. Right? And, 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 and none of their actions of their life showcase a life that is submitted to Christ. And I'm telling you, the God that they're thanking is not Yahshua. But we have too many people who, man, I, I want to be a friend of, of 
the world, but I also want to be a friend of God. Guys, you, you can't have it both ways. You, you just can't. And we're living in a time and, and that it's going, to be, it's going to be really hard for you and, 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 and us to, to live a, a, a Christian life and not get persecuted. And, and so here, here's the counter to this. Well, don't you think that's unloving, Pastor? Right? Don't you think that's unloving to people? I think it's unloving to not tell someone through the spirit of truth what the truth is. Because they will thank you someday when they stand before Almighty God. And if you didn't tell them the truth, that look, the way you live is leading you to hell. But I'm a good person. Awesome. Did you confess with your mouth? Did you believe with your heart? And did you follow Jesus? Because even just confessing and believing, man, you got to follow. There, there, there's an action to our, our faith, and James gets into it. There's an action to our faith. Guys, we've got to stop like walking this, this fence of like, I just don't want to offend anybody. Please just like me, everyone. I just, you know... Guys, the world doesn't give a rip. Right? The, the world doesn't care. They want to indoctrinate our kids. They, they, they want to, man, they don't want, they, they want to have control. We have a government that says, well, you're, you know, our job is to raise your children, not you. There's going to come a time where, you know, they're, they're, they're going to send people to your house and, and wonder if you're, you're abusing your child because they don't believe in transgenderism or, or that they can identify as a frog or a tree or an elephant. Or... This is the spirit of Antichrist at work. It attacks our very being. It attacks our identity. Why? Because we are created in the image of God. That's who we are. And so the spirit of Antichrist attacks that. And so when you see a culture that's like, I don't know what I am. I don't know. It's the, the spirit of Antichrist at work in the hearts of people. Because the spirit of Antichrist attacks our identity. Because he knows, listen to me, Satan knows if we really understood the truth about Jesus and the power that comes in the Holy Spirit, Tashua would happen every moment of our lives. They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful. Should be faithful. It's not just a one-time thing. And we do this at church because I want to give people an opportunity to get right with God every single Sunday. But it's good. It's good to do that. And, and, but listen, it's, it's more than that. It's, it's being faithful. They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful, not unfaithful. To him, and he gives grace 
generously. And, and, and we're not living in this harsh, religious, you know, you, you know legalism of a relationship with God. No, no, no. He gives grace freely. He gives grace generously. Grace should free us up. Grace should empower us to live a faithful and obedient life to God. Why? Because we understand it is literally the best way and only way to lead my life. Let's continue. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You know what brings humility is repentance. Man, repentance brings a humble spirit. And I'm not just talking about, Lord, forgive me of all my sins. Amen. I'm talking about getting specific with the Lord. I'm I'm not talking, Lord, forgive me for calling that person a moron today in my car who cut me off. Come on, I'm just speaking from experience here, okay? But if we really want Tashua, if we really want victory in every place of our life, we have to get specific with the enemy and the spirit that is behind it. And you know what? When When I confess it out loud, it's a little embarrassing. And it should. That's conviction of the Holy Spirit. Because conviction of the Holy Spirit wants to make us better for next time. We don't call that person a moron. You know, Father, forgive me for thinking about Susie at work. She's worthless and she doesn't work and I have to do all of her work. And yeah. Like, get specific, Lord. Forgive me for yelling at my kids. Forgive me for treating my wife bad. Like, getting specific before the Lord, like repenting. Like, that's true repentance when you go before the Lord. Like, this is what David did. We see this. Why was David a man of his own heart? And he's a complete train wreck, right? He's a murderer and an adulterer. Yet God's like, he's my guy. Not because he was perfect, but because he knew how to repent specifically about his sin. He wasn't trying to hide his sin in from God or from anybody else, and he just exposed himself before the Lord. He said, Lord, I'm a murderer. Forgive me for doing that. And God, man, I'm telling you, when you get specific with the Lord, those things, you, you, those things aren't hidden any longer. You see, what Satan loves to do is take those hidden things and just keep pounding on them over and over and over and over and over again, so you never get real victory in those areas, because you've never really submitted them to the Lord. And for some of them, you never, for some of us, we, we've never really submitted to the Lord because we like it. it. Makes us feel good. And so we've never experienced true Tashua because we've never really fully surrendered our life to God. Everything, every habit, every addiction, every thought. Before the Lord. That brings, church, that brings humility. And God loves that. When you come before him raw and honest and specific because there's nowhere to hide and there's no place where Satan can get into because it's all exposed 
by the light. All right, so humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. When I think about resistance, okay, when I think about resistance, I think about resistance training, okay? You cannot build muscle. You cannot get stronger without resistance, okay? And he says, resist the devil. And so, man, Think about this as as temptation, okay? Think about this weight as temptation. As you resist, come on, as you resist the enemy, what happens is you are getting stronger, Okay, when, when you resist the enemy, you are getting stronger. And what I love this is when, as you are resisting, what is happening? God is coming close to your heart. He's coming close to you, right? And so the more we resist the enemy, right? The more we resist the enemy, the closer God is coming and the stronger we get. And let me tell you, here's the lie from Satan that what we're going through is some historic cosmic battle. Right? There's just this big struggle for our lives. James says like this. This is, how, this is how easy victory is. It's one movement. It's one motion. It's one word. In Jesus' name, you get away from me right now. It's, it's this, and he has to flee. There's no cosmic battle for your soul where the demons, you know, he, he takes a knife and, you know, stabs a, a, your guardian angel and your guardian angel's down, right? now. there's none of that. It's, you speak, Yeshua. The victory was already won on the cross. In the moment you use Yeshua, the name of Jesus, he has to resist, and God comes close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Listen, Satan wants to remove our confidence in Jesus. He does it in stages, okay? If he can't fracture your truth, right? You believe all the things about Jesus, right? You believe the word of God is true. The next level of what he does is he tries to remove the confidence of Jesus that you have, that, he, that, that name is above every other name, right? He, he starts to fracture, the, well, you know, you prayed for that and that didn't happen, And then he really attacks, and he's done a great job about this all across our nation, and and that is the removal of the power and the role of the Holy Spirit. Because look, Satan Satan knows if we understood the gift that Jesus left us and put inside of us, we would become an unstoppable people, and the whole world would get saved. And so he does everything in his power with that Antichrist spirit to bring a fractured truth to Jesus, to remove our confidence from the name of Jesus, and to get us to disbelief of the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us.
The same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave lives in you and me. And because of that, we can have Tashua at every moment. It doesn't mean we're not going to go through battles. It just means we can have victory because the victory has already been won over temptation, over, over anything. The victory has already been won. And it's already inside of us. We just have to tap in to the power of the Holy Spirit and use the name of Jesus. Listen, the final battle isn't really a battle. Okay, when Jesus returns, it doesn't say that there's this cosmic battle in heaven where ching, ching, ching. No, Jesus speaks a word and everybody dies. Jesus speaks a word and the demons disintegrate. Right, like it just... This is what Satan does not want us to know, that our words have power over him and the Antichrist spirit and the culture and the world. And so, church, what I want to encourage you to do this week, okay? And this is something in Revelation that the Lord gave me this week. We need to start specifically praying against the spirit of Antichrist that is in our workplace that is in our schools, that's in our neighborhood, that's in our family. We specifically need to target this spirit because John tells us this spirit is behind the world's viewpoint. And so if we want to get, if we want to have victory over this spirit of Antichrist that's in our city, we need to rebuke that spirit out of our lives, out of our, out of our city, out of our state, out of our country, and out of the world. Come on, let's pray, church. Bow our heads and close our eyes. Maybe you say this morning, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus. Or maybe you said yes to Jesus, but it wasn't a real commitment. You raised your hand because you didn't want to go to hell. And, and today's the day where you make a commitment to follow Jesus and surrender your whole life to him. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This is your personal declaration of faith this morning. And I'm just going to ask you, just slip up your hand. I just want to pray with you today. I'm not going to ask you to do anything embarrassing. This is between you and God. Yes. Yep. You just put it up and put it down. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Awesome. Come on, let's pray together, church. Let's repeat this prayer after me as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning to forgive me of all my sins to come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you and I will make you my Yeshua. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give him a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.